Greetings and praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome to Reset Forever Ministries podcast. I'm Dr. Valerie Simpson. And I'm Elder Daniel Simpson. And we are thankful that you joined us and we hope and pray that you will receive something that will fortify you from this lesson. We're in a great lesson. Uh, We are in the fall season. I do want to say that... uh, We are in the fall quarter and we're in a new book. And last week's lesson was the first one uh, that is in this quarter. It is the ordination of Aaron's sons. However, it does connect with this week's lesson. So we don't want to miss anything. We want to cover that background. So what we're going to do is complete this lesson, post it, and then we'll go on to record the next lesson. So you'll be able to get the past two weeks. They'll be out there for your for your listening time at your convenience. All right, so at this time, I am about to give the lesson over to our teacher, Elder Daniel Simpson. Now again, we're starting with lesson number one for the fall quarter of Union Gospel Press, September the 5th, and we're in the book of Leviticus. The title of the lesson is Ordination of Aaron and His Sons. So we're in Leviticus 8, chapter verses 1 through 13. All right, with that, I'll give it over to our teacher for today, Elder Simpson. God bless you. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I want to thank God for this opportunity. Mm-hmm. And as usual, we want to start off with a word of prayer. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we want to thank you. Mm-hmm. You've been so wonderful and kind and merciful unto us, and we just want to thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love and kindness and your tender mercies. And thank you for saving us and for us with the Holy Spirit, Lord. You've been so wonderful. We are in all of you and we just love you with our whole heart. We ask you to continue to keep us. Give us this soul, teacher, the ability to teach your word, the spirit to teach, the anointing to be in this word, this lesson. In Jesus' holy and precious, wonderful name, amen. As Dr. Simpson stated, we are in Leviticus, the great book of Leviticus. Yeah, what's the book of Leviticus about? It's about the law. It's Moses' writings, Mm -hmm. and it is a book that is dedicated to, or really a manual for the instructions for the Leviticus priesthood Mm -hmm. to um, do their, their... for them to carry out their roles because yes. they did have um, you've got ordinance. I think people skip over this, but I think it's important that we have the Book of Leviticus because these are the these are the uh, or these are the characteristics of what God calls a priest. And so we're a nation of kings and priests. Yes. So we really want to take a look at that and we want to examine ourselves against it. And, um, you see, know, where, see where we at. And see where we are. That's mm-hmm. how this is the perfect law of liberty. Yes. So we want to look into this. So, all right, that's enough for me. You go ahead to the lesson. Well, time. as Dr. Simpson stated, the lesson is going to be taken from Leviticus chapter 8, Leviticus chapter 8, verse 1. Yes. And we do have a few main characters in this lesson. And it reads And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take Aaron, his sons, with him. Let's, let's pause right there, Dr. Mm-hmm. Simpson. Okay. So Aaron is, is, we know, is Moses' 
older brother right. by three years. Okay. And he's one of the main characters in this lesson. Mm-hmm. His name means bright. What a wonderful name to have with a meaning like that. Yeah. Bright. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's in some places it does apply to him, you know, when God calls Moses, he points to Aaron. So he saw his brother as more qualified and worthy and, you know, some of his characteristics. Yes. So bright, all right. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and you don't have to go down, I wrote this down. Okay. But Exodus chapter 7 and verse 7. Okay, so for your, for your listeners, Exodus chapter 7, and verse, verse seven, 7. Yes. Okay. It shows you the age difference between Aaron and Moses. Okay. It says, For Moses was fourscore years, which is 80. Mm-hmm. And Aaron fourscore and three years, which is 83, when they spake unto Pharaoh. Okay, so that would verify the age difference. Mm-hmm. And that's the beginning of their ministry. All right. Moses' ministry. When they went brothers. to talk to Pharaoh. Yes. Okay. And then we go to Exodus chapter 4, verse 44. Chapter 4, verse 14, where God is telling Moses, Mm -hmm. this is one of the characteristics of Aaron, that he's a good speaker. Yeah, and God said unto Moses, I am the... uh, 414? Yes. Okay, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. It's God's testament of him. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when you, when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. Yes. And see what's going on here. Moses, God was commissioned him to go back to Egypt. Moses was like, I haven't spoke Egyptian in over 40 years. Because at this time, Moses is 80 years old. Yeah, he hadn't spoken Egyptian yeah. in all those years because he was with the Midianites. He yes. was on the run mm-hmm. and, you know. So that's why he was saying I'm slow of speech. Mm-hmm. But Aaron, his brother, been there for 83 years. So it wasn't necessarily a stuttering no, impediment. No. It was just, you know, you know, as far as my my Egyptian is rusty. My, you yes. know, I'm a little rusty with my Spanish or whatever. Yes, okay. yes. And that's what it was. Okay. So that's when God testified and said, Aaron, your brother's coming. He yeah. can speak well. He can yeah. speak Hebrew. He can speak Egyptian because right. he's been there for eight. Uh, 83 years. But he did tell him, you know, I'll be with your mouth. Just take your mouth on down yeah. there like I told you to, and I'll be with your mouth. I like the way God talked to him. Yeah. So, but well, nonetheless, he was, you know, so apprehensive. God said, just take me here. Yes. Okay. And even though I'm quite sure once Moses got back into the flow of things, which mm-hmm. we read later on when he's dealing with Pharaoh, mm-hmm. he his Egyptian picks up and he's speaking Pharaoh face to face. And Aaron is just now still his brother and He's probably standing back watching, you know, this man of God at work. You know, there were some moments that, you know, that the anointing just rolls up in him. You know, the power and the spirit of God rolls up in him and he began to flow. So So, so these are some of the characteristics of Aaron. Mm -hmm. And then we see something that really kind of broke my heart about Aaron. And you probably too, Dr. Simpson. In Exodus 32, verse 1, we see Aaron was weak in a crisis. Okay. Mm-hmm. You want me to read it? That's when he made the golden calf. Okay. So he buckled down the pressure of the people. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to read that, but we probably will be referring to it as we go through the lesson. 
Okay, so this was just when Moses was, I'm sorry, Moses was up in the mountain, mm. with, in the holy mountain with God. Yeah, for 40 days. For 40 days. And in the process of time, you know, he may have been bold and determined at the beginning, but Aaron, somewhere along the line, starts getting prodded and, you know, pu- pushed on and pulled on by the people. the people, and he gave in to it. Yes, because said, we know not of this man Moses. Yeah, we don't know what happened to him. And that made kind of sense. Okay, he's been gone for over a month, almost a month and a half now. We don't know where he's at, Aaron. So we need to do something because we have to worship. That's one thing that's in us. We have to worship. But the the crazy thing was they referred to their old methods of worship that they saw down in Egypt. Egypt, Mm -hmm. And Aaron made the golden calf. Mm -hmm. He gave in. Yes. So... Now we can go into the lesson. Okay. So we want to look at Aaron, some of his characters, some things that God said about him. But now we're going to go into the lesson even more, and we're going to see some things. Okay. So verse 2 of the lesson said, Take Aaron and his sons with him and the garments. Mm-hmm. The garments, Dr. Simple. Mm-hmm. So Exodus chapter 28, we want to look at some of the garments that... God instructed Moses to make while he was in the mountain. Okay. I'm signing up for those 40 days. Exodus 28. All right. And verse 1. Oh, verse 1. Hmm? And this is what God told Moses. And take thou unto thee Aaron thy brother and his sons with him mm-hmm. from among the children of Israel that he may minister unto me in the priestly office. Mm-hmm. Even Aaron, Nadab, Nadab and, and Eleazar, and Ithamar, Ithamar Aaron's, son. Aaron's son. And thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron thy brother for glory and for beauty. Mm-hmm. So there was a splendor that was supposed to be upon them as they looked on them, not only in their leadership role, but there was a distinction of splendor on them. Yes, God was going to separate them out and give them a little glory and beauty mm-hmm. as they operated in the high priestly office. Mm-hmm. Wow. And Dr. Simpson, I believe that about the sanctified church. Because we are a holy people and a royal priesthood. We've been called out. Matter of fact, that's what that word ordination means. You have definition for ordination? Yes, Dr. Simpson, I do. You're real cute today, Elder, I'm telling you. Ordination means this. The process mm-hmm. by which individuals are consecrated. Mm-hmm. Dedication that is set apart to perform various religious rituals and ceremonies. Okay, so now Moses is up in the mountain. And as he's up there, God is telling, telling Moses... I need you to prep, prepare because I'm going to ordain them. Call them by name. Call them by name. I'm going to ordain them, set them apart for my glory and for the manifestation of my beauty. I'm going to use them. And I'm going to need you to make these garments for them. Each one has its own significance. God is planning on them. God is just not ignorant of what all is going on. But, you know, nevertheless... His plans were his plans. Yes. And he's not going to repent and change his mind of his plans. Yes. All right. 
So verse 3, And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments mm -hmm. to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priestly office. Okay, so to minister in that office, there had to be a, you had to present yourself to God in a specific way. And we're kings and priests. Yes. So we have to present ourselves. And the Bible says present ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. So there's a presentation that we have to come before God with. We don't just walk into his presence or just... Any kind of way. Yeah, and we don't just, you know, pray or just, you know, impose ourselves in any, any kind of measure. We have to look at what we are and what he is. And well, back in the yes, and back in the old days, they used to call us sanctified. Yeah, yeah, they used to call us sanctified. Don't call it anymore. We was consecrated. That's what sanctification means. That that when God have called us, and we know we have His call, it's up to us to mm -hmm. keep ourselves sanctified and consecrated, mm -hmm. so God can use us whenever. Yeah, you're supposed to keep yourself on. pure from the world. Yes. Yeah. Alright. So in verse 4, mm -hmm. and these are the garments which thou shalt make. Mm -hmm. A breastplate, and an ephod, a roll, an embroidered coat, a mitre, and a girdle, a girdle. And they shall make holy garments for Aaron thy brother and his sons, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. So the mitre we know was the, what they wore on their head. Mm -hmm. You know, people graduate nowadays. You know, that square one that you have to turn the tassel to the other side. Yes. That's a mitre board. Mm -hmm. So it was a specific uh, uh, headpiece that yes. they had to wear. So the mitre and um, then he said the girdle. Um, the girdle, you know, the Bible talks about having your loins girded about with truth. I think there's some, a significant tie. So you have to be bound with truth, protected with truth. Um, and it says also a broidered coat. So this was uh, something that in those days, those garments and the embroidering that was on it, which is, this is just a shorter rendering of embroidered. Yes. So those embroidered, those embroiderings that were on it, the colors and stitchings and where they were, they all had significance of their level, where they were in God, their rank, their recognition, etc. So he said to make that, and the ephod was the garment that went over the top of the robe, and um, there was a certain power that uh, when you put that on, it's kind of like nowadays, people put on a prayer shawl before they go into their prayer closet. It's kind of like picking up an old uh, Jewish custom that, you know, people do it. But what it signified that, you know, you were going to uh, cover yourself and just, you know, block out, you know, it's kind of like being in a prayer closet because once you've got that over you. Um, so then he also wanted him to, in verse number, uh, verse number four, um, he said to take all these holy garments, um, Aaron, thy brother, and his sons, that they may minister unto me. So these are the prerequisites. Yes. And then verse 5 says, And they shall take gold, blue, purple, scarlet, and fine mm -hmm. linen. Mm -hmm. These was the materials that they were going to take to make all of these garments for Aaron and his sons. Yeah. And he said those who have wisdom, which was the tailors who was going to craft these garments mm -hmm. that God has given Moses instruction to make. And where is God giving Moses this instruction to make? 
where Moses is in Mount Sinai. For those 40 days and 40 nights, God's given Moses instructions. Prepare them for ordination. Yes. And then go to verse 36 of, of 28. Of 28, 36. All right. That one says, 36. And thou shalt make a plate of pure gold and grate upon it like the gratings of the signet, holy to the Lord. So everyone's supposed to wear this gold plate mm -hmm. on his head mm -hmm. that said he was holy in, unto in, the in, Lord. In, in, included with his mitre, that mitre that he mm -hmm. had on his head, then also he had specifically holy to the Lord written on it. Yeah. So and this was all to give this was all to give respect so that people would look upon them and give them respect. As he walked through it, and but, then it glorified the Lord. Yes, that's what that's what he said in verse two. Uh -huh. And thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron and for his thy brother for glory and for beauty. Mm -hmm. and this is why I want to add this into the lesson, Doctor Simpson. Then it goes on and said, and thou shalt put it on a blue lace. What verse? Thirty-seven. That it may be upon the what you said the the mitre. The mitre. Mm -hmm. Upon the forefront of the mitre it shall be, mm -hmm. and it shall be upon Aaron's forehead, mm -hmm. that Aaron may bear the iniquities of the holy things, mm -hmm. which the children of Israel shall hollow in all their holy gifts. And so it shall... they were going to hollow them, they were going to set them apart as holy. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it says also, um, and it shall always... And it shall be always upon the forehead that they may be acceptable before the Lord. And thou shalt embroider the coat of fine linen, and thou shalt make the mitre of fine linen, and thou shalt make the girdle of needlework. Yeah, and only certain individuals of high standard and recognition wore these type of garments. So they were being elevated as they were just being presented. It already was letting them know God's sanction and approval was upon them by looking at their garments. Yes. And then verse 40 to 43, and we'll be done with this. And for Aaron's sons, thou shalt make coats, and thou shalt make them for girdle and bonnets. Shall thou make them for glory and for beauty? And thou shalt put them upon Aaron thy brother and his sons with him, and thou shalt anoint them and consecrate them and sanctify them that they may minister unto me in the priestly office. Mm -hmm. In the priest's office, okay. And thou shalt make them linen breeches to cover the uh, nakedness um, from the loins even unto the thighs that shall that they shall reach. So, you know, they talk about wearing a garment pertaining unto a woman, <clears throat> right? Scripture talks about that. <coughs> Pardon me. You can see these are specific undergarments. Mm -hmm. So these are garments of a man. So, <coughs> pardon me, in those days you didn't have, you know, robes and dresses and dresses, pants and all that. It was all robes. 
So these are some of the undergarments that were specific. And, and here, we're seeing the ones that are specific to the priest. So verse 43, And thou shalt, and they shall be upon Aaron and upon the sons when they come into the tabernacle of the congregation, or when they come near unto the altar to mm -hmm. minister mm -hmm. in the holy place, mm -hmm. that they bear not iniquity and die. Mm -hmm. It shall be a statue forever unto him, and to his seed after him. And that was important for them, for them to know. When you come in here, come holy, or else death, you know, upon the pain of death is is what you have to consider. So, and it's the same thing today. You know, we enter into God's presence. Um, I know we're under the age of, of grace, the church age, where God is showing mercy, but he's also given us power to do what he's told us mm -hmm. to do. So that's what grace really means. But he says that if they come near otherwise, it's going to be under the pain of death. Yes, and we, and we, and it's, we have to remember, we have to respect the church, the anointing that's operating in the church, mm -hmm. and come to God's house very respectable. Reverend. Reverence, yes. Mm -hmm. we, just gonna, we just ain't coming to it any kind of way. Right, right. I mean, you, it's, it's a privilege to be there, number one. Yes. You went to the White House. You're invited, depending on whoever the president is. But if you're invited, you're going to go in there a certain way. You're not going to just say, well, I'm just going to swagger up in here, and I'm just going to walk like this and present myself, and I'm going to have my head lifted up. You are not going to make it into the very presence. You may get stopped right there at the gate. But just forget about going all the way up to the front door. So you may get stopped with that. And so if we give God, give man that kind of reverence, how, what kind of reverence should we be giving God? All the reverence. It should be with our whole heart. Whole heart. <clears throat> then it goes on, that's the garments. And then it goes on saying, and the anointed oil. Okay, and what verse are you in now? I'm sorry, because that's the verse two. Okay, so we gotta go back there. All right, so back in the Sunday school lesson, verse number two, and the anointing oil. So go you know how much we love that anointing oil, Dr. Simpson. Well, there's so many different things that God has done. He's put that. He's put properties in the earth. He's put it in trees. He's put it in flowers. And then he takes those substances, and they have properties to heal. They have properties to cleanse. They have properties to purify. Then, of course, the most important is that they, they, they um, emanated a fragrance. And God loves fragrances. Oh, yes. He loves fragrances. You can tell by these different uh, types of oils that he tells them to bring. So, and then, you know, Jesus being a sweet-smelling savor when that spikenard was poured upon him by the woman with the alabaster box. Talk about that fragrance. And then again, we see in the book of Revelations where, you know, the prayers of the saints were the odors mm -hmm. and the fragrances that went up before God. So, when he said, take this anointing oil, there's there's more to that than we have time to talk about today. Well, let's go to, um, to Exodus chapter 30. So Exodus chapter 30, I know, talks about the anointing. And what verse? 25. All right. And 25 says, and thou shalt make an holy, of, oh, thou shalt make an oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound, after the art of the apothecary, and it shall be an holy anointing oil. So there was, he was about to tell them how to make oil that was going to be specific 
for the anointing. An apothecary is who? Is who? Is a crafter of oils. It's kind of like a perfume maker. Yes, he mm-hmm. was a professional perfume maker. Mm-hmm. And of course, Israel learned this craft while they was in Egypt mm-hmm. under, you know, and they learned that craft. Mm-hmm. And God called it out. I want this oil to be made mm-hmm. after the art of the path. Apothecary. So, apothecary. So obviously they learned some things that they were going to be able to use. Yes. A craft a and there were crafts and, and talents and mm-hmm. trades. Yep. So Christ is our what? Apothecary. He gave us the Holy Ghost. Because that's what well, the anointing is, is a type of the Holy Spirit. Well, yeah. And in mm-hmm. the anointing um, of the Holy Ghost, um, the, the oil of gladness. Um, God's anointing him with the oil of gladness and um, bring if, if any black if any be sick among you, let them call for the elders, anointing them with oil. So there are different uh, oils that mm-hmm. were used for applications for mm-hmm. the body of Christ. And there's so much behind that. So verse 29 of the same of the of chapter 30 said, "And thou shalt sanctify them that they may be most holy." Mm-hmm. Whatsoever so touch them Exodus shall be holy. 30, 29. Yes, the purpose of this anointing oil. Mm-hmm. And thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may minister unto me in the priestly office. Okay. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, This shall be an holy anointed oil unto me throughout your generations. Upon man's flesh, shall it not be poured neither shall you make any other like it after the comp- composition of it it is holy and it shall be holy unto you okay so they have to have the oil that's the so, type of the holy ghost yeah it's the type of the holy ghost so they have to really um understand the fullness of what god is trying to do here and then come reverently as he's revealing all these things to them. To Moses, Moses was, uh, I'm, I'm sure his heart was full. And then he had to take it back down to the people to give it to them. All right, so where are we at in the lesson? Second, still in the second chapter, uh, verse. And a bullock for the sin offering. So this is something that Aaron had to offer for himself okay. to cover before he went into the most holy of holies. And two rams and a basket of unleavened bread. So let's look at the the bullock. 29 of Exodus chapter verse 10. <clears throat> so Exodus 29, 10 through 14 said, And thou shalt cause a bullock to be brought before the tabernacle of the congregation. Aaron and his son shall put their hands upon the head of the bullock, and they shall kill the bullock for the Lord by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And thou shalt take of the blood of the bullock and put it upon the horns of the altar with his fingers, and pour all the blood beside the bottom of the altar. And thou shalt take all the fat that covers the inward and the, that is above the liver, and the two kidneys and the fat that is upon them, and burn them upon the altar. Mm-hmm. But the flesh of the bullock and the skin, that's, and this is a type of Christ also, mm-hmm. where he was, you know, a, a sacrifice for us and shed his blood. 
so we can go into the presence of the Lord. So before Aaron could even go to the most holies of holies, he had to offer a bullock for himself and his, and his family, his son. And then we know about the two rams where they laid their hands on and confessed the sins of the people. Mm -hmm. and Transferred the sins of yes. the people to them. Yeah. So this is, you know, Dr. Simpson, this is so wonderful because we see the gospel message in what God has given Moses at Mount Sinai concerning Aaron, the priesthood, and his sons. Well, he wanted them to understand that. So the way to understand it was to give them a spiritual um, um Lesson, but do it with a earthly mm -hmm. uh, example. Types and shadows. Types and shadows. Yes. And that's what it is. Yes. Isn't it wonderful? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, first three of the lesson. Mm -hmm. And gather thou all the congregation together into the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him. And the symbol and the assembly was gathered together unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Moses said unto the congregation, This is the thing which the Lord commanded to be done. And Moses brought Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, Dr. Simpson, let's stop right here. Mm -hmm. Because we read here in Leviticus, Moses is carrying out what God told him to do at Mount Sinai. Mm -hmm. But all the while, when Moses was getting the instructions mm -hmm. for the priesthood concerning his brother Aaron and son, what was Moses doing? I'm sorry, what was Aaron doing? Well, while he was up there getting, he was up on, on Mount Sinai. He was up in the mountain, in the holy mount, in the presence of the Lord. He was getting his commandment. But Moses had been gone a long time. Mm -hmm. So the people were weary. And they didn't know anything, you know, they were carnal. So they were down there saying, we don't know what happened to Moses, but we got to worship. So, you know, because they were accustomed to that. Unfortunately, they chose to worship in the way that the Egyptians worship. So make us a calf so we can work. And so Moses goes, Aaron goes over and, and he takes um, all their gold and throws it into the fire. And then he really crafts this. Yeah, that's what he told Moses. That's what he, he crafted. But he told Moses, oh, I, I just threw their stuff in the fire and this calf came out like it was just something really to it. Mm -hmm. So that's what they were doing. But at the time when they were in their deepest rebellion and idolatry, God was in preparation for their elevation and their use. So it didn't come to it as a surprise to God. He knew they were going to do this. But yet and still was he preparing to elevate them. Yes. But the wonderful thing about God is mm -hmm. it shows his mercy. Mm -hmm. Because Aaron violated the first commandment. Thou right. shalt have no other God before me. Right. He went to the worst one. I mean, that was the first thing you let him know right out there. Of all the things I want you to know not to do, this is A number one. And that's exactly what Aaron did. Yes. But God is good. You know, even in that, even he's sinning in the worst way, God's still preparing his ministry. Yes. So let's go to Deuteronomy right quick. Deuteronomy chapter. Deuteronomy chapter 9. What, 
verse 17. Okay. All right, 917 says, And when he and when the cloud was taken up, oh it's a number, I'm sorry. That didn't even sound right, did it? Deuteronomy 9. Okay. And seven? Seventeen. Seventeen. Oh, there it is at the bottom. And I took the two tablets and cast them out of my two hands and break them before your eyes. And I fell down before the Lord as at the first 40 days and 40 nights. I did neither eat bread nor drink water because of your sins, which ye sinned in doing wickedly in the sight of the Lord. To provoke him to wrath. For I was afraid of the anger and displeasure wherewith the Lord was wroth against the, to destroy you. But the Lord hearkened unto me at that time also. And the Lord was very angry with Aaron to have destroyed him. And I prayed for Aaron also the same time. And I took your sin, the calf, which had been made and burnt it and and burnt it with fire and stamped it and ground it very small even until it was as small as dust and cast the dust therefore in the brook that descended out of the mouth so this is where Moses is very very yes. angry he mm -hmm. takes these tablets and he breaks them then he goes over he's on a rampage and he takes this calf and he breaks it, and he stomps it, and he breaks it down, sifts it as wheat, you know, just breaks it down to small pieces, throws it into the brook so it can be that's flowing down, and then he takes that water and makes him drink it. Yeah, and see, this is what Moses did when he was interceding, not only for Aaron, but for the people. Yeah. Because when Moses was up there getting this, um, from God, mm -hmm. the high priestly office and the ceremonies for them. Aaron, like we stated before, he he violated the first commandment and had the whole congregation mm -hmm. involved also. Right. And God was going to, according to Moses, God was going to destroy Aaron. Aaron was wrong, and mm -hmm. he caused the people to sin. But it just shows you mm -hmm. Moses being a type of Christ, where Christ. Intercede for us, Dr. Simpson, mm -hmm. daily. We have a wonderful Savior. Amen. And he's a great high priest. Oh, right, we do. Right. He's a great high priest, Dr. Simpson. Forever. And he said he lives forever to do what? To make intercessions for us. Mm -hmm. And Moses was a type when he pleaded for his brother Aaron. Okay. And for the congregation of Israel. So we have verse 6 of the lesson. And Moses brought Aaron and his sons and washed them with water, and he put upon them the coats and, and girded them with the girdle, and clothed him with a robe, and put an ephod upon him, and he girded him with the curious girdle of the ephod, and bound it unto him therewith. So so the washing of the water is a type of what? 
Baptism. Yes. Mm-hmm. Before Aaron, it was very important to put on these high these high priestly garments. Mm-hmm. His flesh had to be washed. Yeah. And sometimes before we can get the anointing of God, be filled with the Holy Spirit, we have to be washed in that watery. Our conscience have to be washed. You know what they say, Dr. Simpson? They say this, God ain't put his spirit in no dirty vessel. He cleans well, it up first. Well, he does. He does. You know, but the thing is, is that even while the vessel is dirty, they come to recognition of and realization that they are undone. That's what the preaching of the gospel is for. That's what it's for. And so Isaiah said the same thing. Woe is me. I am undone and dwell in the midst of a people that are undone. So there's just God reveals, and sometimes when God reveals, we see how holy He is, and we pale in comparison, and we yes. recognize how unholy we are, and so it we brings repent. us to repentance. Yes. Yep. Okay. So verse eight says, and He put the breastplate upon Him, and He also put on the breastplate uh, of the urim and the thummim. So the urim means light, mm-hmm. and the thorough means perfect or innocent. So that was an indication. So though it was a breastplate, actually, that they put over their chest, and it had jewels on it, 12 of them, one for each of the tribes. Mm-hmm. And then they lit up, and they would light up and give, you know, depending on how it would end or what the the, the, the pattern of the lighting was, it would include it would uh, indicate their direction, yeah. what they should do. So it's a it's a type and a shadow of the leading of the Lord. Yes. So that's what we have to take. The euro the euro means light or guilty, mm-hmm. and the thorough means per- perfection or innocent. So you know you were either one or the other. Yeah. So whichever tribe it would light up, and the theorem and the theorem would light up, then you knew the problems within that tribe, mm-hmm. and that's where you went to go. And find the situation. That's what Joshua did when Achan got that um, yeah. that idol. That's how, oh, that's how he narrowed it down. Yeah, the high priest. Mm-hmm. That's good information. And he put the mitre upon his head, and also upon the mitre, even upon his front, he did put the golden plate, the holy crown, as the Lord commanded Moses. Yes, we looked at that. Yep, moves that holy into the Lord. Yes. And then verse number 10, And Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was therein and sanctified it. Yes. And he sprinkled thereof upon the altar seven times and anointed the altar and all the vessels, both the laver and his foot, to sanctify them. And he poured the anointing oil upon Aaron's head. Is this where we read about even like the anointing that ran down upon the head and upon the beard? I mean, it's not like the anointing, the smearing we see, and we know that's one of the definitions, smear. But actually, when they anointed them in these days, these oils were extremely fragrant. Oh, yes. They were extremely valuable. You had to go in places to get them, and you had to dig for them. You had to try to get the sap out of the tree and it would come out and it would harden and you'd have to chip that off and bring it back and water it, not water it down, but cause it to turn back into sap again with moisture and steam. And then you would have to use that oil 
and some of those oils were too hot to put on the skin they could burn your skin so you could ask you have to actually take the olive oil that's what they use yes to dilute it and then he has you to put in certain flowers and the art of petals the apothecaries did apothecaries did all that mm-hmm. so they have to take that when he says he anointed him he didn't just dab them on the forehead no, he, poured it. he poured it he put it over their head poured it and these were quarts of oil these were quarts of it with so much of that fragrance in it that when they got finished they had a glow they had a covering they had uh, protective properties they had antibacterial properties they had fragrances it just represented so much that the man of God carried with this anointing oil so he put that oil like you said in, in, in Psalms it's like the oil that was upon the head, ran down upon the beard, and went down to the skirts of his garment. So it was powerful. Yes. And Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was therein and sanctified them, and he sprinkled thereon upon the altar seven times and anointed the altar and all the vessels, both the labor and his feet, to sanctify them. And he poured the anointing oil upon Aaron's head and anointed him and sanctified him. So now he is set apart now to go into the most holies of holies on the day of the Because his sons doesn't, don't get this anointing. Mm-hmm. He's the high priest. Yes. So he gets this anointing. Yes. And Moses brought Aaron's sons and put coats on them and girded them with girdles and bonnets upon them as the Lord commanded. So they got the garments, mm-hmm. but they didn't get the anointing. Yes. That's a lesson all by itself. And his anointing oil is very important because king was anointed for their office. Mm-hmm. Priests and prophets, prophets were anointed, anointed for, for their, their office. office. But the people, everybody didn't have the anointing. It was just those people that carried that office. So when he says that we are now kings and priests, we have a specific anointing upon our lives. Yes. So this is the God's ordination of Aaron and his sons. So the ordination is not just getting... Of acceptance of men you can get that you know with bribes you can get that with friendship or whatever the true anointing and the true ordination comes from God and God signifies that mm-hmm. in your ministry with signs and wonders wonders following he uses you and the anointing goes out and it destroys your yes. other than that you can be a cerebral you can be as eloquent in speech but if it's absent from the anointing Paul said, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and, you know, have not charity, it it profited me nothing. It's the same thing. You can speak eloquently. You can speak with wisdom. You can speak with one that is highly educated. But without that anointing, the value is null. And the church, we need the anointing. We need it, especially now in this day in which we live. We need the anointing. So we thank God for that lesson. We've got another lesson to come. We're going to post this one so you can listen to them separately. But these two lessons go together. Even though we're in the second week of September, in the second week of the lesson, uh, we want you to have these separately to listen to individually. And we're going to come right back as soon as we conclude this. We're going to come right back because powerfully and unbelievably, we're going to read about the death of Nadab 
and Abihu, which were two of those sons that were anointed. All right, Elder, you want to pray us out? Now to him that is able to keep you from falling. And to present you faultless All this before, before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, glory majesty, dominion, dominion, and power, both now, both now and, and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, God bless you. Enjoy this. We'll be right back with our next lesson. God bless. <laughs>